0: From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis, with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast. Mark, it's another Victory Monday edition of Teal the Podcast, this time after a road win. Uh, what? Let's, we've got about four or five different topics I want to cover So here. many things to talk about on this one. So, I'm going to throw <laughs> them out there. I'm going to let you pick the batting order. Okay. Okay? Uh, we've got Leonard Fournette. Okay. We've got offensive line, good, bad, and ugly. Yes, we do. We've got Minchu Magic yep. in mile high. Yep. We've got no Jalen. Mm. And we've got now what? Let's leave now. What for the end? Okay. But how, out of those other topics, which one do you want to start with?
1: Let's start with Leonard Fournette. Let's I was it. surprised the most um, about the production from Leonard Fournette. Pleasantly surprised. Uh, two weeks ago, nothing other than that 69-yard run that was uh, that came at the end. Uh, he was a, he was a, like a negative up yep. to that point. So it was, uh, but. To get 225 yards, um, I don't know what to expect from this guy. Um, I mean, you, you remember my comments from before the season. I thought that we had seen Leonard Fournette's best football his rookie year, and then he pulls this off. That is an impressive, impressive day on the ground.
0: And it's not really an impressive day. It's really an impressive second half. He had 30, absolutely he had yeah 35 yards rushing in the first half. I, he, How does that happen? Well, that's what I was going to really, ask how you. How does that happen? You, you hand it off to guys who have done that before. I haven't. So you tell me. How does something go? I mean, obviously they made some adjustments uh, in the second half to some yeah. extent. Um, I thought that looking at going back and looking at some of those plays, I thought they did a very nice job in the zone blocking opportunities they had. Yep. Um, and then I thought that Denver maybe you know got a little over pursuit on a couple of runs that that uh, Leonard was able to make one cut and go. It's interesting, looking at the the charting of where those runs came from, almost all of the the runs started right guard and left. Nothing really outside to the right. Right, correct. Typically, right-handed players like to run to the right, hold the ball in the right hand, Stiff arm or shield with the left side. That's right. And your right tackle typically is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. That didn't really happen <laughs> in this game. Um, the 81-yard the run actually, if you mapped it based on where it was on the field, it was like a left tackle run. Mm-hmm. But based on where the line actually went in that they all crashed down to the left, he actually ran it between the right guard and the right tackle. Uh, because of you know all the movement that right. the line got. So I don't know who to credit that with, uh, but what I mean, he got he got in a groove and he just kept going.
1: He got into a groove and it, you know it was interesting right before half with a Joe Flacco interception uh, that would have at least been three points for them. Everything just seemed to change after mm-hmm. that. And I don't want to take anything from the from the offensive line for the Jaguars or Leonard Fournette. But from that point on, it really was a different game. Yep. Almost to the point where the Broncos, it was almost like a, ah, here, here we go, go again. again. Yeah. you know. It, it, it very, At the least it was going to be 20-3. to Ended up 17-6 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and right. it was just a different team that came out on both sides in the second half. A big momentum swing. So I, I think that had a lot to do with not only Leonard's production, but the offense in general, you know, simply making some plays. And the defense as well in that second half. The
0: Broncos look like a very fragile team to me. I agree. Uh, earlier in the week, Emmanuel Sanders, their most reliable wide receiver, said that the team was in a world of suck, which is quite a turn. of phrase. <laughs> They're 0-3. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and, and frustrated and had some close games but have lost. Uh they go in and you would have thought the way the game started, you would think, well, geez, this is a team that's been looking for a positive note, has been looking for that sign that hey, they can make turn things around. The first almost you know, almost two full quarters, they dominated that game. They absolutely until did. that interception. Yep. And one interception like that, when you're all when you're up seventeen to three shouldn't change a team that much
1: it shouldn't I
0: mean you, th- you look at that first
1: half I mean we were 0 for on third down mm-hmm. 0 for 7 on third down a total of 114 yards and you go into halftime even with that interception to your point you're thinking man that's gonna be tough this is gonna be tough to bounce back we've seen we've seen something very similar though and that was in the the road game against the Texans mm-hmm. just nothing going on the first half and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the second half looks like a different football team. Gardner mitchell looks like a different quarterback. The offensive line looks like a different group. And is that halftime adjustments? It's it, it's more than halftime adjustments. Uh, listen, I'm, I'll give I'll give you know the Jaguar coaching staff a lot of credit, but when I watch that, it has to do more with with just some toughness, some uh, some grit. Um, you know, forget about what happened in the first half. Let's go out and compete. I think it has everything to do with a young quarterback making plays that brings a lot of life to a team, that brings a lot of hope to a team that seemed kind of dead in the first half of this game against the Broncos and the Texans. All
0: right, let me tap into your coaching experience. Yep. You're a high school football coach now of a highly successful team this year. <laughs> You've been around the college game, obviously, as a player. All, your son now is playing for Georgetown, you've yep. been around that environment yep. a bit, and obviously in the NFL. On those three levels, how important is coaching when you talk about in-game adjustments at each of those levels? Is it different? Because an in-game adjustment in high school or college seems to make a lot of difference from the outside looking in. Um, is it about the coach, the plays, or is it about the players when you get to the NFL?
1: I've been uh, at all three levels and uh, more games in the pros than anything else, and in my experience, that halftime adjustment, in-game adjustments are very, very important. Coaching goes a long way. Some staff, some coaches are better than others. But I I will tell you, for me, my experience is that when there is a uh, when you see what happened to the Jaguars and the Denver yesterday, um, that is 75% players and 25% mm-hmm. adjustments, yep. in my opinion, on average.
0: It's the Jimmys and the Joes,
1: not the Xs there's, and the There's O's. no question. Uh, we had a situation, not that really anybody cares a bit about our, our game on Friday night. Same kind of thing. We It's 21 to six at half. We make an adjustment on defense that literally just changes the game on defense uh, we're, we're playing, you know, we're, we're playing Crescent City. We shut that down based on, on on an adjustment. But even with that, just going from what we were doing on defense to to the switch and what we decided to go with the second half made a difference. But it really was the kids, mm-hmm. and it's like that at all levels. It's really about the players because um, you go in half, hey, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to be great. That's all great. If the guys don't execute it, or the guys just don't go out there and play at a different level, play uh, at a higher level than they did in the first half, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. You got to go out there and make the plays. It's the players.
0: You know, I talked to Avery Jones on Thursday about Gardner Minshew and what his perception of the rookie has been, and he said, you know, there's one thing about being confident in your teammate. Yeah, I believe in him. I'm, I'm confident he's going to do his job. And there's another thing when you say. Did you see what that man did? <laughs> there, Avery yeah. Jones is the longest-tenured Jaguar. He's been here longer than anybody. That's so interesting. And he's already saying about Gardner Minshew, Did you see what that man did? Yeah. That speaks volumes when a veteran defensive player who's seen the good and the bad here mm-hmm. can point to a rookie and say, Did you see what that man did? I'm
1: watching Gardner Minshew's play in the second half, and, and a couple plays stand out. But one was the third and 14 where I think he finds Keelan Cole, and the other mm-hmm. was the touchdown pass to the – uh, to the running back.
0: Rockwell Armstead. To Armstead, yeah. yes. Great play.
1: And there's one thing. Farvian that, you know, actually. He was actually beyond Farvian. This wasn't just a extending plays and you know getting outside the pocket and making something happen, like I say so much. He's doing that and more. There's a there's a a courage about that. There's a fearlessness about that because He's moving around in the pocket, outside the pocket, inside the pocket. He's supposed to be getting hit. You're not supposed to be able to buy that much Mm -hmm. time, and it's and it's magical. I mean, just the because there's a there's a clock that goes off in your head when things are like this are happening, and you know you're about to get hit. And he just he's moving around enough. He's not getting hit. He's making plays, and it is Brett Favre like um, and Russell Wilson. You see these plays all the time, but for a
0: rookie, yeah. To, to, to pull this off. It's really, really cool to watch. Let me throw some names out of guys. Like, you always try to find that analogy. You know, who is this guy like? He's the new version of blank. Yeah. Th- there were all kinds of, of comparisons made between you and Steve Young. hmm Obvious reasons. Left-handed. Moved well. Uh, made plays on the run. So forth. There, there are so many guys, and I don't think we know yet with Gardner Minshew for sure. Still early, but the name, but some of the names that that crop up in my mind when I start thinking about what he's doing. You mentioned Russell Wilson, yep. Brett Favre, yep. Aaron Rodgers, um, Doug Flutie at a certain level. Eh. <laughs> I mean, again, eh. I know guy in terms of moving around and, sure. and improvising, John Elway. Um, now, I think a lot of these guys have better arms than Minshew. So, uh, I would say everybody but Flutie on that list probably has a stronger arm than Minshew, but in terms of the awareness and the fact that he's doing it as a rookie. Right. That's, uh, what's,
1: that's what's so mind-boggling. It's, it's remarkable. It really is mar- remarkable. I mean, it's...
0: And it's not the end of his rookie season where he's played 14 games. This has happened since he came in yeah. in the you know first half of the first game as a, as a backup.
1: What's the saying? He doesn't know what he doesn't know. <laughs>
0: I mean, he just is doesn't. that what it is? Or, I, just, I mean, again, this is a smart kid. You pointed this out ve- before you anybody. You know what
1: someone said on the broadcast, uh, you know, is he got a something on the Wonderlic. 42. Listen, I, I hear that all the time. The Wonderlic has nothing to do with... With anything. But the football smarts are there. The football you, smarts are there. Are yeah. the, does the Wunderlich measure football smarts? I don't know. And the only reason I say that is because I played 19 years. I bombed the Wonderlick okay? I just absolutely <laughs> bombed it. But I got to stick around for a while. And maybe that's why I hate the Wonderlick because I did so poorly at it. I don't know. But I do know this. I don't know if it's football smarts. There's football smarts and, you know, again, that's cover three. And that's an under defense. And that's a Mike Sam scrape. Okay, that's all great. We can all get that. But there's, I don't know if it's instinctual, or just the it factor of just getting it. Understanding football situations. We look at it, it's in a two minute drive, mm-hmm. and there's a minute 23, a minute something, 32. He's got two timeouts. He's gotta go pretty much the length of the field. At least get, get a field goal. And it's like he's just back there having a cup of coffee. There was a, he got a few breaks. He mm-hmm. got a penalty, but that's part of it. And he just moves down the, down the field as if it's nothing. I just love watching him play. He yeah. finds a way. He gets hit in the legs three or four times in the game. Uh, he pops up. It doesn't faze him. He just goes compete, goes and competes. We mentioned some, some quarterbacks. He remind, the, the toughness, the uh, the instinct, the it factor, the moving around, it, it's more Brett Favre to me than it is anything yeah. else. Kind of yeah. just a... You think a it's simple you a simple kind of way. It's yeah, it's just a simple way of playing this game. He doesn't know any better. He's just going out there and making plays yeah. and
0: winning football games. And and he made some thro- a couple of throws that were in tight windows. Yep. And at first I thought, there was one in the back of the end zone, may have been to The me. one that
1: O'Shaughnessy got, got the wind knocked out of yes, him. Uh, and,
0: and I thought, boy, was that the best decision? No, probably go, not. But when you go back and look at where the ball was thrown, there wasn't a lot of danger of a turnover. Yeah, in that situation. See, yeah,
1: I didn't, I didn't see that. I saw, I saw put a, it in a tight, tight area. it was tight area. There's yeah. a few defenders around there. It was the red zone. I'm thinking, okay, learn from it. That right. probably wasn't a great mm-hmm. idea, but at the same time, the guys that throw 35 touchdown passes a year, yeah. those are the guys that are, are, are trying those you throws. You let it rip a little you bit. You let it rip a little bit. Yeah. You let it rip. That's something I never did. I never let it rip and, and, um, and it, part of it, how I was coached too. But I was always, all, I was always, always really cautious down there. Probably too cautious. Um, but sometimes, man, you gotta let it rip. And mm-hmm. sometimes, when you do, it ends up in a touchdown.
0: Yeah, and sometimes when you do, it ends up in a pitch. Yes, six, it as does. We've learned before <laughs> yes, it does. Here in this city. Um, all right, th- that's Minshew. Yep. Let's talk about this offensive line. Uh, uh, I don't know how to grade them yesterday. Uh, when you run block for 225 yards for one guy and the second biggest running day for an individual and a team in team history, yep. uh, the only game in, in Jaguars history where they ran for more was the, the game where Fred and, and Mojo pitch, just destroyed oh, a as a team. I gotcha. Individual was Fred in 2000, okay. um, In you know tearing down Three River Stadium in essence. Um, and... But, it, but as a team, it was the game against the Colts, uh, where the Jaguars just ran rough shot over the Colts' defense. Hmm. The Colts' defense got Bob Sanders back, and they went on to the Super Bowl after that. So um, it's, it's hard to say that the, the, to, on the face of the offensive line didn't play that well. But, Mark, I don't think the offensive line played that well. You know what? I, I, it's,
1: it's just kind of a, it's an anomaly because how do you run that, that for that many yards and not have your offensive line play well? I'll tell you what. If if Gardner Minshew isn't mobile and ext- he would he would have he would have died. <laughs> he would have got killed. Yeah. You know. Um, and he Miller, almost did anyway. Yeah. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. It would have been an eight sack day if he wasn't able to move around and buy some time. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't able to move around and buy some time, there's 14 points we don't have in, yep. in my opinion. Um, so the prep it, it's real simple. The pass protection was horrible. Mm-hmm. The run blocking was very good
0: was it was average at best in the first half and then in the third quarter for most it was yeah, amazing
1: it was amazing yeah. and so how much of that is leonard how much of that is the run block how much is that is denver just like uh oh, we're going to lose this game and a little mm-hmm. bit of and they had a linebacker go out with of right. their starting linebackers so it, it all works together but I'll say this, I don't feel any better about the offensive line today than I did 48 hours ago. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I might feel a little worse, actually, Cole, not feeling really good about it because this was the first time that really Gardner
0: Minshew got, got pushed around and got knocked on the ground. Yeah, since so the preseason. Yep. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I noticed, too, is, is liberal use of Will Richardson, particularly in the second half. Yep. Replacing A.J. Kahn. Maybe that's something. And, and they used him a lot pulling. Especially pulling to the left again. We talked about the right-handed versus left-handed running. A lot of it to the left, and a lot of it with Will Richardson out in front blocking. Um, You know, when you pull the guard and you get another big body out there, you get big big on small is the hope, and you wind up setting something up. Yes, I mean, it's it's sometimes it's great, sometimes it does nothing for you. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, obviously, and that's where coaching comes in. Hey, that's it's it's a power play. Hey, do we have the power? Do we have the power against some teams? Yes, against seven their teams, absolutely not. You know, um, but uh, that's you know that's the coaches call those plays, and listen, they're doing something. They did something right yesterday with with that production in the run game.
0: The other play I want to mention is the most creative offensive play I've seen from the Jaguars. was not that years. great? The double the fake screen. You, 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 so let's break it down. You've got a, a receiver coming in motion. You fake it to him. Uh, on a little, like he goes by, mm-hmm. Minshew takes a snap, fakes it left, spins around, fakes a dump off to the right, to right. the back. I think it was Fournette. And then you get the tight end down the seam. Again, by the way, a tight window throw. Very tight. But he, but Minshew puts it in the perfect spot. Yep. First down, move the chains, keep it rolling. Um, I mean, what it's more fun can to you ask watch. for? Touchdown.
1: It, it's just fun to see, you know, and. and uh, it's creative, it's unexpected, it's fun to see your offensive coordinator come up with something like that. Mm-hmm. Whether that was his or or maybe it was Keenan's, maybe it was Doug Marone's, They've, they saw it somewhere. Yeah. But the fact that we executed it perfectly, uh, it was just fun I to see. I, it's kind I of, think I've seen Philly run that play. I've, I've seen something like that before. Maybe that's, you'd have to, have, you know, DeFilippo would know. Mm-hmm. I've seen it before, not very often. Uh, it's just cool to see that. We haven't and, seen and a to lot of that over in the that years.
0: situation in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, and lead to a touchdown. Pretty cool. That's, I mean, again, this offense is fun to watch right now. It really is. It is. is and um, it is maddening to
1: watch, too it, It's times. maddening. <laughs> it, it depends on the half. The first half, 114 yards and a half. It's like, really? Yeah. I almost turned the dang thing off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half, they come out and. and What's fun is watching this quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, we don't know what to expect from Carolina. We don't know what to expect from our defense. Mm-mm. You know, then Joe Flacco goes right down effortlessly and gets, you know, you think is going to be the winning touchdown. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I mean, we're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Everything's in front of us. Cole, I, I'm serious. We could be 10-6. We could be 6-10. and 10. I really don't know how to gauge this team. Yeah. The only consistency on this team right now, actually there's two of them. The, the two consistencies, one, Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. and our penalties. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say Lambeau was the other really one. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> Lambeau's been great. Yeah. Uh, I, kickers, yeah, I do your job. That's what you're supposed to and do. And he has. Yeah. And he has done. Three consistencies. Uh, Gardner, Lambeau, and just not playing Too smart many football. penalties.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, so maybe we could say one of the other consistencies is drama around Jalen Ramsey. Oh, jeez. So, just, again, to recap, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know this. He went to Nashville for the birth of his second child. Congratulations. Another daughter. Yep. Flies back to Jacksonville on Friday night. Saturday morning, goes to this plane with the team. They, everybody flies to Denver. Remember earlier in the week, he talked about having the flu and back the back runs. injury. Yeah. The back, apparently the reason why he was made inactive. My question to you, is the back the reason why he was made inactive?
1: Gosh, Cole, I, you know as much as I do. I, I, I don't know. You know when you're when you're Jalen Ramsey and you're really really good, and you're on the Jacksonville Jaguars, you pretty much get to do what you want. Mm-hmm. There's a different set of rules yep. for Jalen, and I don't know if it's because it's Jalen or because he's the best corner in the NFL. Um, this week will be will be interesting. I do know that that uh, um, this behavior in this situation in in, an, in a different era of Jaguar history would not be allowed. See also Tom Coughlin head coach. Whether it was a suspension or a fine, I don't know. And, and I said on the show, I just don't think that Tom really gets to, is, has been allowed to decide on this. The one thing I do know is that Without Jalen Ramsey, they're going to take advantage of our defense. We saw that yesterday Mm -hmm. with Trey Hurden. They just went after him. Joe Flacco did whatever he wanted going uh, to the receiver where Jalen would have been. So, uh, obviously, there's value there of having them. We're going to win more games with Jalen Ramsey. But he doesn't want to be here, Cole. He's been very clear that he doesn't want to Mm -hmm. be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Not 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 only has he said that, he said it.
0: Multiple times. weeks on yes. podcasts and So if you're if you're
1: Miles Jack, if you're Gardner Minshew, if you're O'Shaughnessy, if, if you're Linder, if you're Jalen's teammates, how does that make you feel? That's a great question. Okay, this is because yeah, I get the business side of it and and but right now they're two and two with everything in front of them, and their best player doesn't want to be a teammate with the guys I just mentioned. I don't think I'm too old school and and i I know a lot of people Jalen's got to get his and Jalen's got to get paid and he deserves that and if he just plays football he, all of that will come to him right I just think if he doesn't play for the Jag, jaguars he's gonna jeopardize a lot of opportunity for some for some players he's he very well if he doesn't play they're gonna lose games he's he, he might get coaches fired mm-hmm He just might and and that's a shame because it's this isn't just about jalen this is about the organization this is about the players on the team this is about the coaches doing their best to get some wins it's really a messed up situation and i get the business side but goodness jalen you're going to make 20 25 million dollars a year just go out there and play football rejoin your teammates uh it's just, it's it's maddening to be, I really have a tough time with this, Cole.
0: If he had not made a big deal with the Brinks truck and the announcement that the team told him he wasn't going to get a new contract when he still had two years left, if he had not made a big deal about it, yeah. you go, have your negotiation, the team says this is the way it's going to be, if he had just said, okay, well, I'm going to go do my thing, and either then tell the team, if you don't resign me this year, I'm not resigning with you next year, which is his prerogative, yep. for sure, um, if he hadn't made a big deal about it, do you think we'd be in the same situation? I don't... I, he would still feel the same way. He would still feel the same way. Listen, he he is under
1: contract. And I don't mind the Brinks truck. That's Jalen. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually don't mind that. No, it's, I didn't mind it either, it but it's funny. But take it's it in the, different, full, in the full picture. In the full picture. Um, but for an organization for two years prior to when his, his deal is up, you think they're really going to do that? They're not going to do that. They don't have to do that. Yeah. But knowing how good he is, a year from now after the season, if and when he, he had a productive season, they were going to, they're going to, they're going to fill that Brinks truck mm-hmm. and give it to him. Um, I, I don't. I, I know he's 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 valuable, and I don't. I I don't. I can't speak for the organization. I can't speak for Jalen. I just do know. You know, two years before. Um, that's pretty tough to do, and maybe something would have got done, but now it's just so messy. The business side of it, I'm not privy to what's, what's going on and what's said and, and whose feelings got hurt, I don't know. But uh, I do wish right now that he was on the field. Um, I actually, you know what I wish? I wish Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, or the owner would come out and decide, he's going, you know, just make a statement. What can we expect going forward? Is he gonna play, or is he not gonna How play? How important is that for his teammates? Critical. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, very, very important. You, you got, you, you want to know. Does Trey Herndon can, should he be getting ready for the Carolina Panthers, or is, or is Jalen Ramsey going to be back? He's a young player. He probably would like to know. So there's so many uncertainties there that that makes this
0: thing just, just an absolute train wreck. Well, the Jaguars are two and two. Depending right. on your perspective, they're either tied for the lead or tied for the basement <laughs> in the AFC South with everybody else at two and two. Um, after the way this season started, I think they're about in as good a position as you could possibly hope for, and the next four weeks, as we're recording this, now the, the Bengals play tonight, uh, Monday night, but as of right now, the Jaguars will face two teams with backup quarterbacks and two teams that haven't won a game so far. That's what their schedule is, has left That's in the, in the month of October. As I said on TV on Sunday night, the month of october is going to define the path of this season for the jaguars absolutely they go 3 and 1 4 and 0 they're a playoff contention team and and the last two months will be a lot of fun around jacksonville they go 2 and 2 that we're probably in about the same spot and it's all about grinding out one extra win somewhere against the afc south if they go 1 and 3 or 0 and 4
1: yeah could be
0: bad could be bad uh, but Hey, the reset button is hit in the AFC South. Everybody's on equal footing uh, heading to the second month of the season. Remember, you can come out and see Mark and I, plus Miles Jack, and a guest every week, Eden Kendall, at Sneakers Jacksonville Beach, Monday nights at 7 o'clock. We're also on CW17, live every Monday night. And you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com. Two and two more. Two and two. We'll take it. We'll take it. And we will take you joining us the next time. We join you right here on Teal the Podcast.